Hello. Hello. Hi. Don't be shy. Yes. <laughs> this week we're going to be talking about. Well, I don't know. It was supposed to be about animated objects or haunted dolls. I suppose it's a mixture of all three. Yeah, it's an inanimate stuff that's come to life. But you're talking about oh, a chair. Do chairs come to life, Mark? I'm really. I don't get it. Does it move about? Or this chair do you does. Know, yeah. How do you? I mean, I'm sitting in a swivel chair right now. If it moved on its own, or if I'm sitting in it and it started spinning, I've got no control. I technically, that would be, would the chair be alive or possessed? Would that count? So I would well, like a poltergeist or something. Yeah. I wouldn't think it's a, a chair. Well, it's good. Yeah, I think the idea is like it's possessed, but then it's a, a haunted inanimate object. It's not like the, the like house it's in is haunted. It's specifically apparently mm. that's possessed. So it's not a spirit that's moving the chair about, it's actually a possessed chair. Yeah, the chair has the, the, chair. the spirit within it. Where is this chair and where can I sit on it? Well, <laughs> well I'll just launch into mine first then. Yeah, okay. what I hear about this one chair. So I'm looking at the Glatzel family chair. So the Glatzel family bought walking chair uh, in 1951. And I've written all this in a very strange colour, so I can't read it. Um, and it was considered at the time to be a perfectly normal chair. It was just part of their living room set and nobody really thought anything of it until July 1980 when David, who was the youngest member of the Glatzel family at that time, uh, woke everyone in the house up one evening screaming and when he was asked what was wrong, he said that the chair was alive and that it was basically out to get him. But obviously, Which is insane. Um, yeah, they were just like, all right, you've had a weird nightmare about a chair, like cool yourself down there Dave. So then David who was 11 uh, at that time was known to be a quiet sensible and honest boy. No that doesn't mean he can't have a nightmare but like that was kind of how his family described him. Everybody said he was very quiet like not insular but quite quiet very sensible quite honest. As time went on he claimed that he had awoken either to see the chair moving about on its own or to feel like a threat from the chair or sometimes he would awake and see a man or a male-like figure with huge black eyes and a thin animal-like face sitting in the chair. So it was like it almost, if this makes sense, came out of the chair. Just like that chair was portal. Yeah, so it kind of like... the chair. Yeah, like it was like it was in the chair and it was kind of like, as though like a genie in a bottle. So like the thing was in the chair and then it would come out of the chair and be sitting on it. So David was, understandably, uh, shaken by his experience. And the more this happened, he became more and more withdrawn and became like more and more quiet. So his family weren't really sure what to do. And they were just kind of really worried about him. And they felt like there should be somebody in the house at all times for him. 
whenever he was in because he had to be alone with the chair. I'm aware of what you're both thinking. Why did they not throw the chair? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> literally, if I could why didn't he just get rid of the chair? So Debbie's big, although it was the 80s, I feel like at that point in time, you'd be like, you think your chair's possessed? Like, stop being a pussy. <laughs> People weren't caring in the 80s. So, and everyone was obviously full of coke as well, so I'm sure his parents were, <laughs> were just out there not screaming. Um, so, David's big sister, Debbie, moved back into the house along with her husband, Arnie, um, and they said that they'd move in and keep an eye on him, so either his mum or dad or his big sister or his brother-in-law were always there to like keep watch of him. So, as time went on, David would say that he regularly would see this creature like emerge from the chair. He said that the creature had claimed to him that it was his chair and no one else was to sit in it. That was why he lived in the chair. Debbie, Arnie and other people, other visitors to the house said that they often saw the chair rocking while it was completely empty. But it was David that always seemed terrified when this happened and he claimed to be able to see the creatures either facing the chair or it would come out of the chair but no one else would see it. But they did say they would see the chair moving of its own accord. They didn't think he was, like, totally crazy because they could see it as well. Well, so as time went on, they were like, right, well, this chair does, like, it does move itself. Again, nobody threw it in a skip. <laughs> David claimed that the one evening the creature said that he would take back his chair from the family and he would also take David's soul along with it. Fuck. I know. Quite, quite <laughs> dreadful. <from a chair. laughs> like, why does it have to be evil? My head to just be like, this is my spot and I'm sitting here. Yeah. So it's like my spot. Deering at you. Some... Some chairs that have sentience are just right bastards. So David would often wake up with scratches and bruises on his body. Shit. And there was no explanation for how they got there other Did than... Did they have any skills? Um, <laughs> good question. Um, no, not that they've said, but... They did say, well, from what they could see, there wasn't really any other explanation other than the chair. But obviously by this time, people thought the family were mad because they were like, I'm pretty sure there's mm-hmm. other explanations other than the chair. But they were like, well, no, he says it's the chair. And he'd wake up, like, basically having been beaten by the chair. Mm-hmm. Uh, as time went on, <laughs> Arnie also began to hear odd, mm-hmm. like, inaudible sounds coming from other rooms in the house. So not if Arnie was in a room that didn't have the chair in it, he would hear sounds, weird, inaudible, like guttural sounds coming from rooms that also didn't have the chair in it. So he was like, oh, it seems like the, the creature's like moving out of the chair. Oh, that's so freaky. But then and you said it was a chair that was haunted. That sounds like it's a ghost. Well, yeah. So he thought, right? So he thought when he mm-hmm. heard the guttural sounds, it meant that the creature was obviously coming out of the chair. Okay. But the family then brought in a priest and mm-hmm. they hoped this would make the situation better. So they asked him to come in and exercise the house, but to start with the chair. Mm-hmm. And, but this actually made the situation worse. So the priest performed an exorcism on the chair, but this only caused a loud, terrifying noise to begin to emit from the chair. So Arnie then realised that actually the noise he'd been hearing seemed to be coming out of the chair, even though it was in rooms right. that the burn, chair wasn't in. Burn that fucking chair. Well, why haven't they burn burned it, it yet? Yeah, I don't it? understand why they don't burn the chair at any point. The chair still exists. We could go and see the chair. I mean, not now because of COVID, but we could. Really? Where so, is it? In the house? Uh, it's in Las Vegas. Oh, Just living okay. its life. It's got a showbiz life now. <laughs> <laughs> it's on tour in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> the Liberace style chair. 
That's all. That was why I was so annoyed. It's uh, it just wanted to to live its authentic life in Las Vegas. So anyway, so they had this exorcism, and then the guttural sound started coming out of the chair. And then at this point, David began to fit, and this fit lasted through the night. And as he started to come out of like his sort of fit in state, uh, he began to shout out random quotes from the book Paradise Lost, which uh, David, an eleven-year-old child, had never read. But he was just shouting all of these quotes from Paradise Lost and other people recognised that that was the book it was from. Uh, after this all happened, David began to regularly sit in the chair instead of being terrified of it. But while he was sitting in the chair, he would just sit completely like insular, wouldn't communicate with anyone. And then, and this kind of adds up to what we were saying, well, if it's the chair and not a spirit, then why is the sounds coming from other rooms? So the family then started to notice that when they were all out, like all of them, including David, they would come back to the house and sometimes... They would kind of hear a bang as though someone had dropped something and the chair would be in a completely different room of the house. So basically when they were out, the chair was like cutting about doing its thing. But how does it walk about? It's a rocking chair, so I guess it could just rock its way. Well, that's what I assumed. But the mum said that on one occasion, the chair, but that basically David was sitting in the chair not speaking and the chair <laughs> floated up towards the ceiling. <laughs> So that David's, so basically so that David's head was just below the ceiling. Amazing. Um, and this wasn't just witnessed by the mum. The mum had friends round for tea. So apparently they were round having a cup of tea. David was sitting in the chair not talking to anyone and then it just lifted off the ground and everyone was like, um, what, what's going on with your chair there? Why, why don't they burn this seat? Like, just burn it. Like, You're an evil chair murderer, yes. So. I, find it, I find it really interesting how like, the chair didn't do any of this shit for what 50 years and then all of a sudden this David guy yeah, seems to have triggered like, something in the chair. Yeah and also like David obviously they've had the chair in the house from when he was born so it's mm-hmm. also he seemed to trigger it but it wasn't until he was 11. Weird. So one day Arnie and his wife uh, David's big sister they were in the house and Arnie again was the other person that would quite often hear the sounds and so on and he decided so basically they were talking about like David and how insular he was and Arnie, which again, I think is an insane move, said, well, I'm going to sit in the chair and see what happens. So I'm Arnie went sat in the too. chair. Yeah, to be fair, you probably would. I definitely um, would watch in that chair. So Arnie went and sat in the chair and Debbie, his wife, uh, was sitting there and she said that he began to, he kind of like, his eyes glazed over and he started <laughs> growling at her and then basically like climbing about in the floor like a cat and hissing at her and she was like okay (laughs) i don't know what to do here at this point david and the house were no longer bothered by the chair david didn't have any further issues with the chair he wasn't harassed by it arnie however would only communicate with people when he was in the house where the chair was and when him and debbie went home he became basically he was like completely mute so it was only when he was in his in-laws house that he would communicate at all she said that at one point they went home to their own home for over a month and he remained completely mute for the entire time that they were there other than sometimes she would come home from work and find him crouching and hissing at her in the corner that's so fucking sick she stayed with this guy <laughs> i mean it kind of sounds like him in the chair or having an affair and he's just like yes. yeah bring my chair lover every, every <laughs> time he sees the, the rival he'll go really like a cat fuck off so this is why when i was saying to you guys earlier that i'd started looking at this and was like this is a funny story about a chair then obviously researched it more and was like this is really interesting then i found out that arnie (laughs) is the uh, 
the killer Arnie Johnson. Oh. I don't. I, you say that like I should know who he is. So Arnie Johnson is the killer that's known as the Devil Made Me Do It killer. What? So on, <laughs> I don't know. Who that, I need to know more. <laughs> on February 16th, 1981. Oh. So nearly a year after the chair started making everybody act weird slash was doing weird things, Arnie was feeling better. Like, obviously, he kind of left work because he'd had this psychotic break that the chair had caused. But he was feeling better. And his sister, Wanda, and his niece, Mary, accompanied him to go and meet Debbie when she finished work. So she worked at the local kennels. So they went to meet her, and Debbie's boss, who was a guy called Alan Bono, was there. And he asked if he could take them all out for lunch to, like, celebrate Arnie feeling better. So they were like, yeah, that's a lovely idea. So they all went out for lunch and I'm not actually reading the event really confused me. So I'm not entirely sure how these events went together, but they went for lunch. They'd had pizza. They all returned home and Alan had dropped them off home. But then when Mary, who was the nine year old niece, attempted to get out of the car, he tried to pull her back in and basically tried to abduct her. So Arnie Johnson tried to get her back off of him. And basically, they eventually got her out of the car. And obviously, this was a very weird thing for this Alan Bono guy to do. So they got the little girl out of the car. And then he, Alan Bono, got out of the car and basically started trying to convince them that he wasn't doing anything wrong. And Debbie, the wife, was saying, well, no, like, what were you doing? You were trying to drag her back into the car. You were terrifying her. What were you doing? Um, And at this point, Arnie then began pacing back and forward and growling at... Alan Bono. And then according to eyewitnesses, a five-inch blade appeared out of nowhere in Arnie's hand and he stabbed Alan Bono to death. So thinking that basically this weirdly links into like one of the myths that I'm going to talk about. It's... um, So see what you're saying about the... um, What you call it? The the devil made me do it. Yes. So that was apparently like one of like the, the first known cases in the States that someone... Like, he actually got away with it because of that. Like, they actually, that was his actual defence, was that the devil made me do it. But that, basically, the, see the film The Conjuring that's about yeah. Anthony? Yeah. So that's the story of Conjuring 3. Like yeah, so film. when I got to the end of, yeah. basically I finished researching his story, and then I found out that they're making a movie of it. Yeah, so that, see that, like, there's a couple called The Warrens, that basically they're the ones that actually had the original doll, Annabelle, and they're basically paranormal investigators. So he's one of the people that they were also investigating because... Um, Yeah, a lot of people say that the Warrens were just phonies and they were all fake, but then they would, would, they would, wouldn't they? I don't know if I believe it, but I did see um, an episode... Sorry. Well, no, I was going to say about the Annabelle doll, that I seen an episode of Ghost Adventures, Mm. and the, the host of the Ghost Adventures has like his own sort of haunted museum where he keeps all these haunted yeah. objects that he's collected. Uh-huh. Have you seen it? And I've he not, actually you can go uh, Annabelle, like the actual real doll. That's where the yeah. chair's in the same museum can... as Annabelle. So when oh, I said oh, in right. Las Vegas, I mean it's in the haunted museum in Las Vegas. The Warren's a cult so he, he got one of the Warren's I think it was the Warren's son to bring over Annabelle to his museum so that he could like investigate if she is evil or haunted and the guy was like to him seriously nobody's allowed to actually like I've never had anyone apart from like this is special because you've got exclusive access to her normally I don't let anyone near her she's locked away in a in a box and the, the um, box actually says on it warning mm-hmm. do not touch yeah. and anyone that touches yeah. it 
stop things happening to them. And when he went into his house, he actually had the herder in a case and he had the case handcuffed to his hand. I mean, he was treating it like it was like a nuclear weapon or something. And he was like, you really need to be careful around her because she will try, try to get you to do what she wants. And there was a weird bit in it where he was, he's like, do not, whatever you do, do not touch her. Just don't touch her. She might try and get you to touch her. Because as soon as you touch her, you're fucked. Because he said that someone else touched her in this museum and managed to get in and touch her. And then he was laughing and joking and that. But then afterwards, when he went home, he crashed his motorcycle and died. Which is... He was like, you need to be careful. And what happened Again, like the chair, because it's like anyone Mm. that sits in him. Also, like, yeah, then does obviously weird things, like they're doing the chair's bidding. And then, yeah, so like Yaz said... He, he didn't technically get off, but... Well, so he ran off after he killed this guy. And he was picked up by the police. And then, obviously, there was a court case. And as I said, the Warrens were, like, witnesses for him at his yeah. uh, court case. And he pled not guilty and claimed that he was acting under the influence of the chair. And the judge and jury didn't believe him. Can't put and a chair on trial. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he did just, like, plead insanity or something. That he generally... no, he didn't believe him and he didn't plead insanity. And they charged him to 20 years, but he was actually released after five. Oh. Just short of five years. And he still claims that he was under the influence of the rocking chair and he's never committed any other criminal acts ever. I'd want to sit in that chair and go, moan then. But then, so to go back to the chair, because again, this is insane. Yeah. So even after all of this had happened, the chair still uh-huh. remained in the Glatzell family's living room. It's crazy. What? Why? Why would you not get rid of it? And basically, thought... he would warn everyone like not to sit in it. But as um, David grew up, and then I think they had a younger daughter, and as the no. two of them grew up, obviously some of their friends would sit in it, much like you said, Leslie, you would sit in it. So mm-hmm. there was three different people that sat in it throughout the remainder of the 80s. The first person who sat in it immediately developed incapacitating sciatica for the rest of their life. The second person uh, immediately developed inexplicable back pain, which the doctors basically examined them and said, look, there's not actually anything wrong with you. But they were like in constant pain. They said it was like crippling. And then the third person who sat in its back went into a spasm that was so bad that they lost the ability to walk for 10 years and we're in a wheelchair. Okay, maybe I'll take that back. I'm not going to sit on the chair <laughs> yeah. and go moan then because that's just... <laughs> and that's then, what I take. <laughs> even what you said about like the person touching the possessed doll. So the only other person that ever touched it is eventually the family decided <laughs> after a very long time to donate it to this haunted museum in Las Vegas. So the only other person that ever touched it was the guy who runs the haunted museum in Vegas asked the person who was picking it up. He said, look, make sure you're wearing gloves when you touch it. And then obviously he arrived at the house and the family were like, yeah, you have to make sure you're wearing gloves. Like, all oh, this has happened. So the guy obviously thought they were Fruit Loops and was like, yeah, OK, great. Um, and so <laughs> just like proved to himself they were wrong. He removed the gloves to lift it out the van oh, when he no. arrived and then put the gloves back on and carried it in. And he said that he was then for several days after that, he was plagued with like horrific nightmares of this kind of same description, like this weird being with an animal like face and huge jet black eyes. And it was doing terrible things. And he just had to sort of sit and watch all the horrific things it was doing. So, yeah, that's <laughs> that, that is the insane story of the chair that's apparently got some sort have you, of. Have you got a picture it? of it? Can you send us a picture on the WhatsApp group? I can, so that, although. I know what the chair is. Not right now, but like just 
so I can see it. I will do it in just. Is that risky? Is like, can you look at pictures of the chair? Are you? This reminds me of Robert, Robert the doll as well. Everyone's probably heard of Robert the doll. Yeah, that's fine. I'll let I'll let you talk about Robert, but he generally scares me. But um, yeah, I find that really interesting. That where did it come from? Like, there's no explanation. Did the Warrens do anything? Like, did the Warrens not investigate it because they got involved? No, that's what I thought was interesting. Was there like, any, there was so much any on... about why it's haunted? Why it's no, possessed? Which is what I really loved about it, that there's no... Mm-hmm. Like, I think it just gets more and more insane as the story goes along, but basically that nobody knows why it just suddenly started being alive. Like, I quite like the idea that the chair, that that is what happened. Like, the chair just decided, like, I've had enough of this shit. I'm going to do my own thing now. <laughs> you don't think it's a spirit that's possessed it? It could be. But then how would the spirit get into... Have you ever sat in a rocking chair, Mark? Or yeah, I've got a rocking chair in my house. Oh, do you? I can't remember seeing that. They do yeah. have sat out, though, like... As much as I like the Why? idea of a rocking chair, but they do. Because see, in horror films, there's always like uh, when the wind blows and the rocking chair is just moving by itself, and it's just it's really creepy. I don't like them. Like I like years ago, home, I don't really want one. David and I were a young couple. We went to uh, our we we hired a wee boffy in Balloch, right next to where the train station is, and inside it was a rocking chair, and we pretty much fought over who would sit in the rocking chair because it was so <laughs> fun. And David, it was like David's possessed, like it was his possession. He would have to have the chair and sit in it and rock in it. So I suppose there is something about rocking chairs that make people mental. I don't like know. I'm a big rocking chair I was chair just imagining for like wee grannies. I think they're very comfortable to sit in, but obviously I wouldn't want to sit in one that uh, when I got out of it, it acted like an insane snarling animal and summon blades mm. out of there and stab men to death. Although I feel like the weirdest part of the story as well is that, like, I get that he did kill that guy, but also, like, why was the guy trying to drag a nine-year-old back into his car? Yeah, I'm confused at that. Pedo. Was he a pedo or was it the influence of the chair? Maybe. Was the chair a pedo? Was it the spirit of pedo? <laughs> the chair a pedo? Because <laughs> no, the chair fancied Arnie. The chair and Arnie were very much in love. So we've all sent you a picture of the chair. Oh, that's not what I was expecting, but that does actually look evil. Yeah, it kind of, kind of does, doesn't it? It's, got, it's like the pillows have made an evil face. Oh. Why didn't they just burn it? I feel like I need to delete this picture, by the way, because it's... Oh, oh, a cursed picture now. <laughs> no, it just... Now when you're like going through your like phone and just you see pictures, and I just know it's just going to freak me out. Okay, <laughs> chair. An ability you have, Yaz, where if you see certain pictures, you can detect... <laughs> evil vibes off them. <laughs> I feel like because the chair is sealed yeah. like in a, it's basically in its own little room so you can look at the chair but you can't go into the room and no one can touch it. It's kind of like it's, it's a so tempting, isn't it? That's a shame. You should bring it out. For... And that's why it looks people like... I'm, feel, I'm feeling sorry for the chair and Yaz was like, burn it! Burn it! Let's <laughs> fucking burn it! <laughs> I think they should uh, like car- like break it up and then reform it into a roughly human shape with like pistons so that it can move and then just set it free so it can go live its chain life. It's an evil doll. No, it will turn into an evil doll if you do that. It will like. Sure, that will kind of make it an evil doll. They like walk about and kill people. Exactly. Episode he did actually touch Annabelle's foot and he said he felt compelled to do it. And the guy who was watching who brought Annabelle was absolutely fucking raging with him for doing that. He's like, oh, you don't know what you've just done. 
He said I had to do it. I felt like he was just making me touch her. I, I don't him. know. But she wanted to be touched. Yeah. <laughs> him to touch her. I don't know. Maybe Annabelle should have gone with the weird guy that was trying to drag the nine year old girl into his car. <laughs> Maybe Annabelle on the chair could have been pals. Yeah. Even that scary doll, it's just like a big weird kind of raggedy Ann style doll. It doesn't look like a baby or anything. It's just I don't know if I believe it. Like, I'm like properly freaked out by dolls because of all the horror films I used to watch from little and like the horror yeah. story my brother would tell me, like, I'm generally but they are just fucking creepy. Like you don't need like not like a Barbie dolls, but like see those like porcelain dolls are so flower flower dolls. Oh my mm. god. But yeah, but the actual real Annabelle doesn't actually look that's scary. Like she almost looks quite sweet because yeah, it's those like raggedy. Maybe that's why it's deceptive yeah. because she looks sweet, but underneath oh. she's actually an evil bitch. Just so that's like how she year. reels you in. Oh. <laughs> like even the, like when they made the film, they used like the freaky dolls. But apparently, if they'd mm-hmm. used the like it looking like the real one, obviously it wouldn't have been scary enough, and they would have had to like pay for rights to to use it on stuff as well. But yeah, the actual oh. one in the film is absolutely terrifying. Like I just. I can't even be in a room or a house with stuff like that. I just, no. Porcelain dolls. Mm. Yeah, they're really, really freaky. But then do you I not think have... that in itself is kind of funny because you're saying that you're terrified of porcelain dolls because they're so creepy and weird, but actually the two things that we're currently saying might have caused people to kill people or do insane things are a raggedy and doll in a chair. Oh, <laughs> the, Robert doll, the Robert doll looks fucking weird. Robert the doll is a fucking weird thing. I don't it really is. know about Robert the doll. I feel like you should tell oh. us about Robert the doll. Yeah, Isn't please tell like us. A weird kind of like if a monkey and a person had a baby together, it would kind <laughs> of look like this. He's it just really sailor suit. Yeah, so the sailor suit basically belonged to a wee boy called um, Robert Eugene Otto. So that's why. Oh yeah. Well, Robert is named after him, and he got it when they were visiting Germany. And the actual sailor outfit that he was wearing used to belong to the actual Robert when he was a little boy. Oh, was it like a, an outfit like the same as like a replica outfit, like a mini me outfit? Yeah, and Robert, like, the, the boy, was also the same outfit that he gave to the doll. Yeah, which I also find really creepy. Basically, so it was big enough oh, to be sailors. life size for a little boy. I'm actually having to hide the picture on my screen when I'm reading. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it in chat. I want to see it now. If it's so creepy that you have to hide it, I want to look it's, at it. It 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 just doesn't look scary. There's just something oh, he's freaky looking, strange. He's about eerie looking. Yeah, yeah, really, really eerie looking. Basically, he got him when he was a little boy, and like till now, this doll is in his family home. Like it's still there. You can go see it. Apparently, they moved it to a museum or something after. But for ages, it was still there. Um, but yeah, he got it when he was a wee boy. Then he moved to like New York and Paris. He got married. Then when he came, got older, he came back, and his wife actually passed away like a short time after. But basically, the legend behind this doll is that it's got supernatural abilities. It it moves around. It changes facial expressions. It you can hear it giggling. And basically, the legend behind it is it was the young girl of a bohemian like little girl was actually in the doll. And that's what it's actually like possessed with. But uh, this part I don't get is it's like it's re- whatever it does to people, it's a retaliation for wrongdoing. So like basically, if it, if something happens to you, is because apparently you've done something wrong. I think if you're disrespectful to Robert, he he will uh, curse you or something. If you go in and make fun of him, or yeah. you try and take you've got to ah uh, you've got to ask him permission before you take his photograph. If you don't <laughs> ask him for permission, 
to take his photograph and you just take some pictures of him anyway, chances are the photographs won't either get developed or they'll be fucking weird light. Like you won't see him on the photograph and it'll piss him off. Yeah, I mean, that seems quite reasonable. Um, you should ask before you take the rest of the pictures. There's weirdly like, lot, yeah, you should. There's lots of like sort of different legends around him though about like whether it's this. Like I've not heard the Bohemian no. thing. Uh, that's interesting. I've not heard that at all. Yes, I don't. Oh, I've never heard of that. Like she's from the Bahamas. Um, uh-huh. she's oh, the Bahamas. If you've done something bad. Um, other stories claim that the doll actually moved like voodoo dolls around the room as well, which might also come oh. from that thing. Um, but it seemed very aware of what was going on around them. So like, if you've done something bad, it doesn't necessarily have to be to the doll. Just if you've done something bad, bad things will happen to you because it does. That fucking freaks me out, by the way. <laughs> I also read that, that when he was a wee boy, like he would, ble- he would, his parents would get angry with him for for bad things that happened, and he was like, it wasn't me, it was Robert. Yeah, so that was the other. And thing. It was Robert that did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that he kept blaming the doll for anything bad that happened to him. So basically, like this doll was basically caused car accidents, broken bones, job loss, oh. horses, like loads and loads of misfortune on people. And even now that it's in the museum, anyone that ever, like you say, touches it or goes too close to it, like bad mm. things happen to them. I just, oh God, I do have to like send you the picture because it's just weird. Like, it doesn't actually look scary. It just looks like, and it's called a little doggy that it's holding as well. Oh, is it holding oh. something? You can buy replicas of Robert in the place where he is. But uh, I'm sure I've seen this on like Ozzy Osbourne and son Jack went to see. Robert and Jack bought a replica of Robert the doll and put it in the front of like you know some mascot of his um, camper van and and afterwards the van broke down and all this weird shit started happening Ozzy was freaking out and he was like no way get rid of that fucking doll and eventually he blew up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, could you why would you buy that I know um, but the museum that it's been now apparently people some people go like obviously go visit him, but a lot of people write letters to him to apologise oh. for bad things that they've done because they wow. think that it's still the doll that's causing their misfortune. And apparently he gets so like, three, three letters every day. So they're well, like, the doll is kind of like their god. He's I like a kind of Santa Claus for adults. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if they, if it, I don't know if it's that or if they believe that that's what's causing their misfortune is him. Oh. So they're basically like writing to him to apologise for the wrong thing they've done, so like to lift the curse or something. Oh, because he didn't ask permission to take his picture. Maybe actually, maybe that's why why they got. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I like your idea of him being a bit like Santa, like we could <laughs> replace major <laughs> holidays, but have like Robert Mass and like. <laughs> Cherica. <laughs> Confess all your sins to Robert the doll. He doesn't give a shit. <laughs> but he almost looks innocent as well, which is a bit, a bit weird. Um, Mark, I'm just sending you a picture of him now. It's just. I know what he looks like. You don't need to look at him then. No, but Mark needs to see. Oh, I think he's really creepy. Yeah. He's got like a sort of pockmarked face. Like he, yeah. I think that if you're the heads, it's like unrounded and, and, like, and moving stuff. It's just no. And he has That's been known to move. Yeah. Um, like, he's actually quite big. I didn't realise how big he was. There's a picture here of a woman holding of, Robert. And he is actually the ch- size of a, he's the size of an actual wee child. 
That's fucking creepy. Who gave him the doll, though, that wee boy? Did he get it in the Bahamas? No, he got it in Germany as a birthday present. Oh, right. I can't think of anything to say how it went from that to then being evil, because it seemed at start like it was nice. Or maybe it's because he kept blaming it for everything that after a while, all that bad energy pissed him off. I don't know. But yeah, I was like... Well, it genuinely was the doll that was doing it. Yeah, that's that's causing the bad stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. So apparently it did vanish for a little while when the house what? Like, owners. Where did it go? We don't know. They went on a road trip with the chair. They <laughs> <laughs> went and did sexy sex together. Right now, I can see sort of stuff about like, all. League of possessed objects. The Avengers. The fucking. Animated object. Actually, another stuff in 2015. It was in that Las Vegas um, museum. Oh. It was in there for a bit. And it was in the Warrens Museum. And now it's the East Martello Museum in Florida. But yeah, it's moved around a lot. So I don't know why they keep I wonder. Moving. I wonder if Robert misses his original owner. Like the real Robert? Because he, mm-hmm. he got it in 1904. So it's been a I find it weird that you know, he's named after he's in the... He's been named after his like his owner. first owner and that. I think they have like some sort of bond. Yeah. Think. Do you so think maybe they're linked? Like. Do you think it's the wee boy? Or he's not a wee boy anymore, I suppose. But. Well, he's dead well. now, obviously. <laughs> is he? Maybe. Or does he on maybe. Yeah, maybe he um, when he died, his soul merged with Robert, and he's yeah. trapped inside that doll now forever. Oh, like me. Oh, maybe. Thanks. There's a lot of films that came out about. I'd never knew about any of these films before. I think he like, inspired Chucky, Robert yeah, the Doll. Robert the Doll, because there's even a film that came out in 2016, even, Curse of Robert the Doll. I've oh, not seen yeah, it. I don't know, there was a film called Bram's the Boy or something. That was about a doll that was possessed by a dead boy or something. I don't know, I've never seen it, but... Or there's that movie Dolls, which is so funny. Like, my sister would tell me about it all the time, and I'd be like, that sounds absolutely mad but you did the cover of it used to freak me out in the video shop you know when you go to the video store and you see all the sort of like the covers of um videos of horror movies and it was like a poster of a doll hold with no eyes but it it was holding the eyes in its hands but it's actually such a campy movie it really is quite funny the dolls are actually protecting the girl rather than try to kill because her family are abusive and stuff so they punish her family for being abusive to the wee girl that's nice to them the doll yeah the doll yeah there's a doll called mr punch and he looks like you know like the punch and judy kind of puppet eventually (laughs) because he's her fat her stepfather's such an arsehole that at the end he becomes Mr. Punch. Oh my god, that is an uh, an X Files episode. But Mr. Punch is like a TV program as well. But then he right. convinces he convinces the kids to kill their parents. What? <laughs> <laughs> and it was really fucking weird, like proper weird. Because it, like he was on telly, but then he became this actual person outside of the telly, and the kids would see him in the park, and he would like lead them off. The kids would go yeah. missing, and then somehow he'd make the I can't remember if we made the parents kill themselves or if the kids killed the parents, but it was just really fucked up. If we get out of the equation, all of the ones we've talked about so far, and that's going to sound odd, aren't actually bad because Robert the doll doesn't like people taking his picture without his permission. Fair. Or and just bad only punishes people who. Yeah, but he only punishes people who have done bad things. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. And then no, the one who talked chair, about Leslie, like she only punished, or no, sorry, he only punished the parents for being bad to their daughter. And then the chair mm. doesn't like people to sit in it without his permission, <laughs> which again seems fair. And <laughs> killed Peterfile. Like the other thing. Actual evil. Actually, yeah. that is a good point because that guy was a paedophile. So if anything, the chair's a bit of a hero there because he yeah. said that guy's a nonce. You should fucking kill him. Although so, I would have liked it better because it apparently flew up to David's room and he was sleeping and hit him. If okay. Arnie was like, please don't take my niece. And then the chair just flew out of the sky like super chair and just started <laughs> getting beat up. The title fighting possessed chair. <laughs> so, far. so if this is as you suggested, Leslie, or Avengers, then I guess she has that uh, Annabelle's going to be their, their nemesis to tell us about Annabelle. Yes. Well, because Annabelle, I actually thought Annabelle was a lot older than this, but she was given to a student nurse in 1970. But I don't know if that, that's the first we're like aware of her. So nobody knows where she was before that or how old she is but she basically started behaving really weirdly and a psychic medium told the student that she was inhabited by the deceased girl called Annabelle and that's how she got her name so basically the student and the roommate were always just trying to be like really nice to her and like nurture her and look after her but even when they did that she would still just exhibit malicious and frightening behavior because she was quite demonic so yeah she's definitely a baddie she's not She's not a goodie doll. So yeah, she's either possessed by a demon or possessed by like some evil little girl. And you know how you get sorry, I said that, but it just made me think. You know how um, the movie Godzilla versus uh, King Kong that's out. Yes. They should do a Robert versus Annabelle film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Um, they could do exactly the same and have Robert versus the chair like Godzilla versus <laughs> King Kong, and then the bit at the end when Mecha. <laughs> <laughs> Mega Godzilla rises up, but it could be that Annabelle rises up and they're like, we have to team up together to stop Annabelle because she's so evil. Oh okay, what happened next, yes? So yeah, basically loads of bad things kept happening. So eventually they, it was the, um, the Warren people, they found, I don't know how they came about her, but basically they found her. Basically like the, the Warren, like the women, well Warren, but I don't know what her maiden name was because she was known as Lorraine. Lorraine Warren. Well, I know her first name is Lorraine. I don't know her maiden name. Lorraine Warren. Yeah. So apparently people thought that she was crazy because yeah. she would see things from when she was a little girl, like when she was seven or eight. And even when Not she... Not a nun. Sorry? Apparently the, the movies, it was like a nun, demon nun thing. So I don't know if that's actually she true. She went to like a Roman Catholic school. So she mm. was always with nuns and stuff. And they that's also why they think it was like a demon because it was... Like, whenever they sprayed the doll with holy water, that would actually help or, like, stop it doing whatever it was doing. Um, and that's why they thought it was more like a demonic thing that was happening. But even till now, she's in that the Warren Museum and she's in a locked box that says, do not touch. And again, whenever anyone touches it, something bad does actually happen to them. So the last person to touch it in the museum died in a motor crash. And it's also yeah. very often that people are dying water crashes like all the time. It's really weird. But I've actually found the bit that I was trying to read earlier on. I totally lost it. Okay. It's about like the actual original, um, the two girls that had her, like the two, they were student nurses mm-hmm. and roommates. And basically the roommates gave Annabelle permission to inhabit the doll. Like when they actually said to her, okay, you're, you are, this is what you are. We're going to look after you and you can stay with us. Like they, they spoke to the doll because basically she was like moving around so much. So at the start, they would notice just like little movements. They would notice that, okay, she's on the floor instead of the seat, but think that the other girl has moved it. But then the movements kept getting bigger and bigger. So instead of being on the couch, she was on the bed or from the girls left the room and came back. 
Annabelle was like at the door, like she was trying to go with them, and basically, and they would wake up and she'd get in bed with them. Like she was just basically really wanting to be like oh. loved all the time. She just wanted affection. Sounds like a whore to me. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so they thought it was a little girl that wanted to be loved. Right. But it was when the Warrens took the case over, they're the ones that turned it into a not so demonic thing. Right. Um, well then that makes me skeptical. Yeah. They said because... it's manipulated by an inhuman presence, like a spirit or something. Because she seemed quite happy then what you're saying with those student nurses and then along comes the fucking Warrens and turns it into a horror story where maybe they're the ones that have... Yeah, I would be annoyed at that. Because they kept saying... But then they would say that the holy water would calm her down and that's why they think it was more of a spirit than like a little girl in her body. I think they're just biased because they're Catholics. I feel like if I was having a right moan and then one of you like poured three kettles full of water over me, I would also immediately come down because I'd be distracted that I was covered in water. Oh my god. And like one of the girls also said that one time they had like a, a guy stay over and then when the guy was sleeping and he woke up and the doll was like on top of him. Like staring at his face. What a <laughs> <laughs> Felt like he'd been strangled but he had like deep scratches all over his body which again makes me think that she's she wants to be loved by the girls and she's just protecting them. She doesn't like men. Yeah. Mm. Really. Because it was a man that, that got killed in that car crash after he was messing with mm. with the doll. So actually maybe she was a little girl that like got molested or something and then just up in the doll. Yeah. And then she just wants to be loved. She just wants a hug. Yeah, she just wants a wee hug. I think that uh, she was an adult woman and a proud lesbian and that Annabelle says lesbian rights now. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with her because she'll kill me. <laughs> No, but we can go see her. She's still in the museum until today. We can actually go see her. I thought she was locked away so no one could see her, no temptation or anything. But oh. she's still on display. Probably. Did you go to a haunted like museum with haunted objects and stuff? Apparently, yeah, there's a myth. Not with dolls. Mm-hmm. We can't. It's, just, it's too scary. I think the museum that she's in, I was even this one, another one I was talking about, that there was all these different rooms in this museum of like freaky, scary stuff, but the very last room before the, the exit is all freaky dolls. But a lot of people will stop mm-hmm. there and just go all the way back to the start because they just can't walk through that room because it's too scary. Damn it. I once went to a doll museum in uh, we're Palma mm-hmm. in Spain, and it was a really, really tiny place. I can't remember how much I paid. I, I had to pay to go and see these dolls. And it was just like a one sort of room. It was like an L-shaped room. And all the walls were just full of porcelain dolls, like all different types. And I just thought, where, what are all these doll stories? You kind of think. Like, are any of them haunted? All just looking actually, at you with your actually, glass Actually, when you guys come to London, there's like the Pollock mm-hmm. Museum. And that's got, like, that's actually one of that's got all the, the heads of dolls and stuff. And like a whole scary oh. doll room. You guys should do that next time you come visit. But you, I just, you're I up for that, yeah? No, yeah. but I'm <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're just going to wait outside and send us <laughs> in. That way, is that how it is? <laughs> I can't. They generally terrify me. Like, I just I can't deal with it. 
Just, like the way they look at you and they're freaky and just it's their eyes and they're gonna come alive and kill you. Like I'm I don't so like you're being mean. Because like, Robert sounds sound and I'm actually not convinced Annabelle's evil either. She just wants to protect girls. Yeah. Do you know what I'm I think she's gonna be the one that they're like she must be in our film that we're making. They'll be like all oh, these evil doings. It must be to do with Annabelle. We have to track her down. But then when they find her, it turns out that she also wants to stop the evil. Oh. And then she joins the team. So what, they convert her to be, like, good? No, I don't think they even need to convert her. I think they'll show up and be like, we know it's you. And she's like, no, I just don't like sleaze bags. And then be I like, think, I'll help do you. Do you think the chair killed um, Epstein? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't kill himself, so... <laughs> the chair. He's, got, he's after Prince Andrew next. <laughs> <laughs> It'll happen. Imagine that was like your sentence if you got caught and you were a pedo instead of getting sent to prison. It's like we're just going to send you into this room with the chair. Like you're sentenced to the chair and they bang the gavel and then the chair just like flies into the courts, <laughs> like spinning and smacks you in the jaw. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I would definitely turn up for court to see that shit happen. <laughs> I'm generally sitting here really freaked out by myself. Well, have you heard of the golem? Have you heard of the golem? Yes. No, I've not. Will well, the golem it's, protect you? Um, well, technically, if you're a believer in God, then we are all golems. Everyone, every human being is a golem. Okay. Because a golem is a creature that is made from clay and Adam. The first man, according to the Bible, was made from clay and bre- and he was given life by God. Yeah. So obviously we're all like, if you believe in it, we're all descended from Adam and Eve um, or essentially Adam. So that makes us all golems and golems are considered like inferior to like their masters. So they're lit- they literally do anything that they're told, literally, which is quite bad because they don't understand like metaphors or anything like you know if you say something you're like i didn't mean it that way they will take it literally and do it and they say that not just like in the biblical like in the christian abrahamic religions also ancient egyptians the people in ancient egypt the gods made the first people from clay from the earth as did prometheus the greek god he created people from clay and then they were given life so according because we're sort of at the whims of the gods. We're the gods' golems. We have to do what the god says in order to please the god. To not. So the gods have to unconditionally do what they're told. Well, to to a god, we are inferior to them. Yeah. We're like a copy of them, so we are a golem. Because in Jewish religion, the some rabbis decided to create their own golems from clay and the way that they do it is to take like names of god and insert it write it down it's like a magic like the name has power and they would put it inside the head of the golem or inside its mouth and that would that would activate the golem and the only (laughs) way that you could stop the golem is to deactivate it by either scrubbing out the word that you'd put on its head or in its mouth take out whatever you put in or Mm -hmm. there's i think there's a word I'll get to it in a minute, but 
going back to where it originates from, like there is an actual mention of a golem in the Bible, and the earliest mention occurs in Psalm 139.16, written around 5th century BC. The text says, Your eyes saw my unformed limbs, as translated from Golmi Rao Enecha, which I don't really know if that's like Yiddish or whatever. The Jews believed that the phrase was said by Adam, the first human, and the term golem used there literally means unfinished substance. It's also interesting to note the word golem appears only once in the entire Bible in the text that I just quoted there. So it's about life being created from inert matter. So it's sort of like God creates humans from inert matter. And then as humanity progresses in science, we then want to create, become God ourselves and create our own life. So it sort yeah. of plays into the, the Frankenstein, like Mary Sherry's mm-hmm. Frankenstein. Like it's the idea of creating, we're the gods of our own creations, whereas yeah. we're the creations of gods, the gods, and it works like that. So as, as well as like looking into the God thing, like God creates us, but he can also deactivate us if we displease him. Yeah. Or which, her, yeah. Which is death. Yeah. We go back to dust. Whereas a golem, when you, when you deactivate a golem, it just goes back into dust. Mm. And then. So we're all technically, it's not just Robert, Annabelle, and Chair. We're we're <laughs> all animal objects that are brought to life. Are brought to life. If you think of it that way, yeah. So it take, it's sort of basically like, do we actually have free will or mm. are we just the creation mm. of a god that programs so this, us? This is really interesting. Like when you look at sort of any of the three religions, whether it's Islam, Christianity or Judaism, mm. there is the concept of fate and everything's written down. God mm. knows everything that you've done. God knows everything that you're going to do. But you still have the free will to choose what you're going to. And the thing is, I do believe in this, but it it makes it mm. in my head. Like, how can you? It have is, me- free it will is mental. If it's yeah. already written down what you're going to do anyway, and like I can never get my head around that. Even though I think you believe it, but robots I- robots are kind of like golems because we program them to do things literally. Like they don't have like sentient thought. They don't have free thought, or what's the word? And you know they don't have sense self awareness. Oh wait, so hang on. With computers with like AI and all this stuff. Yeah, you've programmed them. You know what they're going to do because you've programmed yeah. them to do that. It's but they still make decisions. Oh, decisions wait, I feel like you've like helped me like so much. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like oh that's nice. <laughs> I'm looking, just like something's just clicked in my brain. I was like, oh my god, I actually finally understand that now. Is that part of Really, yeah, that really does make fascinating. a great deal of sense. Yeah. Well, it says here that creating a golem is a very difficult task. So it's not just like something you can make, like everyone could do it. The, according to the Kabbalistic text, which is the mysticism like, outside of Jew, Judaism, it says that there's numerous texts describing the formation of a golem, but there's various variations in its procedures and they all tend to coincide in certain points. So, for example, the creator of the golem has to be someone pure, clean, and close to God. So it would be like a rabbi. The type of material used in the golem must be uncontaminated, while the ritual to give life to the golem is verbal and usually involves the Hebrew name of God. So this is a bit where I was going to, like when I mentioned earlier about how you 
like bring it activate it and deactivate it and i thought the words were quite interesting so it says that the creator must sing a combination of hebrew letters with the name of god which will give life to the creature other instructions state that the hebrew word emet which means truth must be written in the golem's forehead to activate it while to deactivate it you just need to erase the first letter of emet which then changes it to met which means death yeah. Hmm. Oh wow. What third version? Yes. Of it, like what? Why are they? Praying? Okay. There's various purposes. They would use them for. So there was one guy called uh, Rabbi Isaiah Horowitz who, in the 16th century, he created a female golem for sexual purposes. Oh, God's sake. Pervert. It's a rabbi. Yeah. What? He like, said after. Yeah. Either the chair or Annabelle or Robert are on their way to fuck him up right now, possibly all three. <laughs> it's like Avengers Assemble. <laughs> it was basically like him making his own real doll, basically. And she has to do it. And also she was supposed, not just for sexual purposes, but she was like a sort of Stepford wife. So she would clean up for him and make his dinner and all that. Just a sex slave. Yeah, basically just an overall like companion slave thing. But it, she to the golem, that's her purpose. So she's not against it. His argument was, after being accused of immoral acts, he said, "Well, sex with a golem isn't a sin because the creature was not naturally begotten. I created her." We also a- have a story of you disagree there. Yeah. I also disagree. Oh, I'm, I'm just sitting here, with my arms folded, tutting. <laughs> We also have this story, Rabbi Eli Yahoo, who around the year 1583 created a golem in the community of Chelm, Poland. Although the golem served his master and achieved great feats, the creature would not stop growing. Fearing that the golem was going to end up destroying the world, he turned it off. But versions say that its body fell on the rabbi while he was trying to turn it off, which then crushed him to death. That'll teach him to be fat shame. <laughs> well that's one of the things about golems is that they they will obey you literally like there was an example where someone made a golem and said to the golem go and fetch me some water from the well but it took that as okay that's what my task is so it kept fetching the water from the well and bringing it in the house to the point where it flooded everything because it you didn't tell it how long to fetch the water from the well for so it just kept going You've oh, got to be really specific with these things. Cruel. That's really cruel. Yeah. I think that quite endearing. I want to go them. <laughs> it's a bit like Mr. Meeseeks as well. Yeah. Like if you ever see Morty, it, it's one. Like you tell Mr. Meeseeks what you want, and it ha- its whole purpose is to get you that thing. Otherwise, it starts to get distressed, and because uh, <laughs> it poofs out of existence once it's given you what you want. It doesn't quite work that way with golems, though. But it says that if, when golems disobey or start to disobey, then that's when they start to grow tall and they end up running off, like going rogue. So, so that's they have, really. so they yeah. So that's the point we need to de- deactivate them because uh, they're disobedient. Uh, One of them most- deactivate things for being fat and unruly. Live your life, golem. <laughs> The best-known case of the golem is that of Rabbi Judea Low and his Prague golem. In the 16th century, Jews from Prague, the Czech, now the Czech Republic, well, it's in the Czech Republic, were being persecuted by Christians. They're always being persecuted, the Jews, whatever they are. You know what it's like. Um, no, you don't, because you're not Jewish. They're, to protect the <laughs> Jewish community, <laughs> Rabbi Leo created a clay golem 
3.4 metres, which is 11 foot tall, which successfully repelled the attacks. But later the golem got out of control and became violent, so the rabbi had to deactivate it. And it's said that the remains of the golem are hidden to this day in the attic of a synagogue in Prague. And okay. interestingly enough, the Nazis, you know, those famous people that really hate the Jews. <laughs> um, yeah, I've heard of when, the Nazis, yeah. yeah, they went to look for the, uh, in World War II, obviously, the Nazis began to systematically destroy Jewish synagogues in former Czechoslovakia. And on one occasion, a Nazi soldier went up to inspect the attic of the old new synagogue. And to his surprise, the golem was in there, whereupon the agent tried to stab it. Instead, the golem killed the soldier by ripping him apart limb from limb. And after this situation, yeah, the Gestapo decided not to return to the attic of the old new synagogue and the building remained safe for the rest of the war. So the golem saved the Jews on that occasion. Oh, wow. Wait, so can you, once you've deactivated them, can you reactivate them again? Well, I mean, you can, yeah, because all you need to do is do the magic word, the truth word or something to to deactivate it. For some reason, this particular golem, I think maybe because he used them for violence, like to battle. Yeah. What that in him that that's all he literally does. So even if he's been deactivated, if something comes in to attack him, then that might trigger him to the thing to like lash out. Because also it said that uh, Rabbi Lo he hid him away. He wanted to hide him from the rest of the world, but over time, rumors about people who out of curiosity or ignorance went to see the golem and one of them was rabbi ezekiel landau an influential jewish teacher of the 18th century he decided to enter the attic of the old new synagogue although we do not know what he saw there the rabbi came back shivering totally pale and ordered entrance to the attic permanently banned it seems that his order was not taken into account because on another occasion some children curious to know if the golem was still there also entered the attic after the children did not return, the rabbis below prayed to God and then went up to the attic to rescue them. Priorities. There they found that the children <laughs> were lying on the floor, deeply asleep, and could not be awakened until they left the attic. I suppose at least he didn't kill the oh, children. Yeah. I think he just told them a wee bedtime story and they had an app. <laughs> so does the golem age? So he seems no. to get older and older. He's just sitting there. But no, it doesn't age because... It's just a, like a robot. It's like a play thing. It doesn't have a soul or anything. It's just a programmable creature. Sure. Like there was, I mean, going back to the X Files, there was a there was another X Files episode where the golem featured. I don't know if you remember it, but it was called Kadesh or something. I think. And oh yeah. Oh, I do remember that. So one. there was a racist. Yeah, yeah there was a Jewish young Jewish guy. And he worked for a racist copy company or something, and a couple of lads there who were like Nazis, white supremacists or whatever, they yeah. um they killed him, like they beat him up to death. And then at his funeral, you see like his family at his funeral, and then you see his girlfriend, like his fiance, leave. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like these kids that killed him were also like one of them was battered and Mulder's yeah, like, I think it's a golem that's doing it. Yeah. yeah. But it's the guy, the, the Jewish guy that gets killed, they bring him back to life and he's the golem. Because when you were saying golem, I was like, why does that sound so familiar? And it's from the exiles. So, but they use his body. And no, it was, it was his fiance created, because you see at the start, like after the funeral, you see someone making a doll out of like a figure out of clay. But yeah. he's dead. Daniel's her, like the guy that got murdered. But because she was so devastated about his death, 
and losing him. She didn't want to let him go, so she created a version of him, a golem that looked like him. Because Mulder and Scully found her. That's how they found her out, because he's seen some like CCD footage of a guy that looked like Daniel, and they went to the church, and she was trying to marry the golem. Um, and then eventually oh. went back into clay. Yeah, and her dad has to come in and be like, it's not actually him, like, you can't yeah. not real. But she's so heartbroken that she just, mm-hmm. oh my god, that was such a weird episode. It was such a sad episode as well. Yeah, I might watch that one again. I'll need to watch the X Files again. So there's more information, like, it's not just Jewish things, like, there's other people who have created golems, so they've, they've said that, well, in ancient Egypt, they're the like you know the shabti the ushabti so another sort of um like rather than creating something in life to help you out they create golems to help them out in the afterlife that they make out of clay and wood and they're called the shabti i've got a few of them on my desk right now and the figures were specifically built to help the dead in the afterlife and were brought to life with an egyptian prayer in the same line of afterlife golems the chinese emperor king shi hong ordered the building of the army of thousands of terracotta soldiers. That's what they think they are. The warriors made of clay were meant to protect him and the other life, just as the emperor was protected by human soldiers in that in the world when he was living. In a few films made uh, the beginning of the, the film in 1915, it began a cinematic history. The Germans produced one of the first, mo- which is ironic, the Germans. They produced one of the first monster movies called Der Golem. And the plot, plot revolves around an old resurrected golem that, after feeling rejected, creates chaos everywhere. During the following decades, countries like France and England also launched their own movie versions of the Jewish myth. Um, more recently, an Israeli film called The Golem has played at several film festivals and it reimagines the story with a Jewish woman who makes a clay creature to protect her community from invaders. So would you fancy making a golem, considering we are golems? <laughs> I wouldn't fancy making one, but I feel like if I met one, I'd probably quite like them. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'd want to meet one, but I'd want to make one. And I'm up for one being in our new superhero team. I think it would fit in well. Yeah, as long mm-hmm. as you programmed it well. <laughs> so only hurt bad guys. And not- yeah. Yeah, it, within the stories of the golems, they were created with the purpose of a being, its creator and everything, which in turn means the missions of a golem could range from drawing water from a well, like I said earlier, to protect an entire community from enemies. It, it depends on the wishes of its master. So you could make it go and do evil shit, or you could just make it like lift your shopping bags for you. You know, come to the house like that, or cook some dinner, or you know, you can make a a hot guy one or a woman whatever you want doesn't matter <laughs> and he's well, funny. Have a guy one that <laughs> but doesn't talk back that sounds amazing they don't talk golems don't talk that's perfect then excellent let's make you a golem that's a golem husband it has to be hot <laughs> yeah well you can make him out of clay you can uh, shape him to whatever you want Okay, maybe I do want one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm raging at the guy that made like a girl one yeah, I know, it's a bit hypocritical of you. <laughs> You're going to be getting hit in the face with a chair with that child. Okay, I won't make like a sex one then, it's fine. Give him a big schlong and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Rocking abs. Oh my god, fine, fine. And then that brings me back to like, you know, how humans are basically golems. And yeah, well, it's interesting. But we're allowed yeah. to misbehave and do what we want. Yeah, because... It's, so it's like the nature of the golem is always inferior to man 
Just as golems are much less intelligent beings than humans, our fomented religious beliefs show human beings as infinitely inferior to gods. So for them, we are golems. Don't act like a golem creating chaos or some higher being will have to turn you off. Because hmm. we would, if we created a golem that went out of control, then we'd turn it off. Just like you'd shut down like a computer. I suppose the Terminator, that's a golem. Mm, yeah. yeah. You think about it. Yeah, or any yeah. kind of bad robots, you would have to terminate them. Or an AI, the wee hmm. boy, he's a golem. He's a golem because she lost her child, so she wants to create her own child again. Or she didn't. It was her husband that fucking did it, didn't he? Yeah. What an arsehole. That film made me so unhappy. This is why I would want to Like, all these examples of every time someone tries to make something kind of human, it just ends really badly. I just think you shouldn't be messing with that shit. Well, then, in that that logic, then God shouldn't have made humans because he fucked up and all. No, but God's made all these people and given you free will to do what you want. I think us as people shouldn't be making stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, if we're all golems, golems shouldn't be making other golems. I don't think they can. They're not capable of it. Oh, no, we are golems then. Yeah, Yeah. you're you're right. So, like, God's superior to all of us, so it's fine for him to make stuff. But But then we want to feel superior to something else, don't we? Yeah, but that's our asshole behaviour, though, that we want to be superior. But we're not. That's the thing. We'd, I don't think we are superior enough to be creating Well, that's interesting because you say, like, we make a golem, then the golem that we make wants to be superior so that it might want to make a copy of itself, but lord itself over that, and so on and so on. Yeah. See, I think it's just not. <laughs> mm, it'd be good for a while, but, yeah, but some of them... Blowing people don't each other people. up and stuff. <laughs> yeah, because you can deactivate it, but then someone else could reactivate it, and yeah. you really don't want that. And like we're already assholes, so I'm pretty sure if we create something, it'll be more assholey than we are. Yeah, we've we've covered this before, haven't we? Yeah, <laughs> your worldview about humans. <laughs> what that think like, humans are assholes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should leave the earth to the chairs and dolls. They'll run it better. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine the race of chairs and dolls. <laughs> I bet there would be no wars. There wouldn't. The there'd be no starving war. people, and there'd be no wars. Mm. So it is. I was watching a program earlier about like before humans, like all the giant creatures that were around, like massive insects that got six foot wingspan. That's scary. But then that I, I also scary. said that well, to us they're massive, but back then they were all big, so it kind of balances that was, out. It's mm-hmm. that scary. I feel like that's the defense of the like giant insect. Where they're like, <laughs> you can big, but in my day everyone was this big, so maybe calm yourself down. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So, like, we were. We're only a blip in time. Like before us, there was always these massive creatures and monster-like things that were knocking about. And then eventually, we'll probably evolve into something else, and then something else will take over until yeah. the universe dies. Like completely ruin the earth, so there's nothing left. Even yeah. if we completely ruin the earth, like the statistical likelihood is, if we ruin it bad enough for humans to be wiped out, then and better will come along. Well, yeah, there'll still be like some small organisms that will survive, so they could evolve into something else. And mm-hmm. also, the chairs and dogs will be left. So <laughs> again, <laughs> they will the world. Our possessions will be left behind, and they will now be they will be possessed. Oh my god! All what about <gasps> what if we all possess all our things? And then you live on three. If you could possess one of your objects, what would it be? Uh, I don't know. Telly? Maybe? Telly? Like, <laughs> like the ring? <laughs> yeah, because at least I could like watch myself if I got bored. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. 
I've got like a plant pot in my living room that's got quite a cute face painted on it. So I'd maybe like to do that. And it's ginger. <laughs> I think I would possess a mirror. Ooh. A bit like a television, but if it possess a mirror, then someone would look into it. I could just pop in and say hi. Ooh, and the same mirrors are portals to other dimensions, yeah. so might be fun. Would they have to put you in this back in the same mirror, or could you go into any mirror? I mean, I would be worried that the mirror would smash, and then yeah. that, that would fuck me up. I'd be like in Phantom Zone, Superman. <laughs> jump into someone, then get them to put you in another. Well, mirror. I suppose it would be like like Chucky. He jumps out into something else. Yeah. You could. If, if your mirror gets smashed, then you could just quickly find something else to possess. Yeah. So on. Right. Freaky. Freaky. Maybe a doll. No, then I won't talk to you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll possess a radio and then you can, we can sit next to each other. So you're the tail, oh, I'll be the radio. That'd be fun. And Mark is a plant pot. <laughs> yeah. What yeah, it, it, would, it would work out, like in a room. Mm. We're in some sort of old folks' home or something. <laughs> Or in a palace. The like creatures we've discussed this week would be a perfect superhero team, and we've now come up with a new Pixar film for us to start in as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what are we going to talk about next week? Have we covered everything, or have you, have you got any more points to say about inanimate objects coming to life? Uh, no, I'm I'm good. I think we've. What do you think we've learned today? Don't mess with fucked up dolls. Don't make negative assumptions about inanimate objects because mm. they actually just want to murder pedos. Yeah. Objects have feelings too. Mm. Yes. Don't be a dick, basically. Always ask permission before taking someone's <laughs> photograph. Or <laughs> <on permission>. <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Treat your possessions with respect. Mm. Consent is key. Mm-hmm. You just don't know. Oh like I think that's why Toy Story to me, it's a bit of a horror film. The fact that all those toys are sentient. Yeah, Toy Story's fucking creepy as hell. Yeah, it's fucking creepy when you, you turn your back. Like, remember that the first bit in the, the first film where it was all the deformed dolls that had been yeah. fucked up? Yeah. Like, how oh. horrifying was that? The so doll's scary. head with the spider legs? Oh, I just felt sad for them, though. Like, that's just a shame. Just all the broken, like, what happens to all your broken old toys that just, where do they go? They end up like Mr. Mr. What is he called? The strawberry guy. Mm. Resentful. (laughs) (laughs) Bitter. Oh, hugging stuff. Is that what he was called? Oh, what is it? Lots of... Lots of hugging. Lots of hugging, yes. Yeah, and he smelled like strawberries or something like that. I don't know. And he was an evil bastard because... Or the ones that don't get taken out of your box and played with. I've got a feel like that. Stinky Pete. (laughs) What is he called? Stinky Pete. Stinky Pete. (laughs) <laughs> right well let's move on then um, yeah. to what's going to be our topic for next week and just and to let you know video. listeners we're coming up to our one year anniversary for um, Crystal Myth Podcast we've been going for nearly one year from the 12th of April that's our one year anniversary when we started with okay what was it Vamp- did we start with vampires well we started we with, start with the general preamble didn't yeah we? and then we kicked off with vampires which I really enjoyed <laughs> we had a different theme tune back then. It was obviously early days, but we've evolved since then. And Yasmin wasn't there. I'm so <laughs> well, glad. I'm so glad you joined us because well, you were intended to join us from the beginning. So took a bit of persuading, but I think it's worthwhile. Yeah. So are we picking topics out of a hat again? Um, well, there's nine 
I think left me. to choose from. Yeah, we're on to nine mm-hmm. now. So between Kat one and nine. Is sitting on the list of nine, and I just tried to move oh. him, and he seems confused. So I don't know what the nine are, but there are nine of them. <laughs> Maybe your cat can choose. Oh yeah, like make your cat choose. <laughs> Would that work? <laughs> well, he puts his paw on something. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean paw. he's not. He's not going to do that. <laughs> Also, I can't see where he's put his paw because his entire body's on it. No, he's like lying sprawled out on top of the list. It's under him. But I will fish it out. What what number are we thinking between one and nine? And I'll see what we get. How about me and Yaz say a number at the same time and see if we get the same one? (laughs) Okay, so it's between one and nine. I'm going to say three, two, one, go. And then after this, we both have to say a number. Three, two, one, go. Seven. Oh, bollocks! <laughs> what did you say? Do you know what's weird? Is I actually thought of seven, then I said nine. Oh, that's quite okay. weird. Uh, well, we go to let's go number seven then. Seven, if you were thinking. Okay, so so Leslie, you, I think it was you that said that you wanted to do one on. Is it Hecate? Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, kind of witchy. Why don't we do like our favorite gods? If you're doing Hecate, then Yaz and I can do another random god. Yeah. Okay, so what's, what's the Hecate? Gods. Hecate is the Greek goddess of witchcraft and women, protector, protector of women. So we can pick like a random god or goddess to do as well, then Yaz, and then that way we can do <laughs> just a, a, a god that we look up to. It's a bit like a throwback to when we focused on how much of a prick Zeus was, but it doesn't have to be a, an arsehole god, it could be one that you admire. Yeah. Okay. I'll like. So instead of like the shit, so next year I don't have to do believe it. in them either. It's just one that it's like the stories and that. So because yeah. I'm an atheist, but I do like stories about different gods and goddesses, and I have one tattooed on my back, and I've got mm-hmm. loads of pictures of her all over my, <laughs> and I wear a ring on my finger. You think I was a worshiper? But I'm gonna, anyway, I'm gonna find a weirdo one, like just a proper. Oh one. yeah, like ones that nobody's really. Yeah, yeah. That, that'd be good. Ones like obscure ones. Yeah. I like yeah. it. Okay, that's good. Right, well, okay. Awkward silence. Right, well, okay, indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I still don't have any emails, but I guess, you know, you're just happy to listen, so that's fine. But if you do want to ask any questions or if you want to suggest your own favourite gods or goddesses, then write in to crystalmythpodcast at mail.com. Also, if you're a chair or a doll or a golem <laughs> that wants to get in touch, please do. Yeah, I'd look forward Tell to Tell us your from, side of the story. Definitely Rob. Instead of me writing a letter to Robert, how about Robert writes a letter to me? I want to hear Robert's I email. story. I wonder what Robert sounds like. But okay, I'm getting all freaked out again. <laughs> I bet he's got like a really deep, like soulful voice. <laughs> what, like Barry White? Yes. Oh, baby. It's me, Robert. Robert. Don't look at me. <laughs> then that do. Bye. 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 Bye.